G'day legends, Brett here at the top, uh, letting you know that we have our, all our Brew Dudes shows are on sale, so that's Perth Fringe, Adelaide Fringe and Melbourne International Comedy Festival, Brew Dudes is on sale, it's loose, it's loud, you're going to love it, uh, my show Dog Act is on sale in Adelaide, Melbourne, Sydney, Brisbane and I'm bringing my sold out show Smoko King uh, to Perth Fringe, so grab your tickets, all the links on my Instagram and stuff like that, Kappa's got his show Hold Me Closer, Tiny Cancer available in Melbourne and some other round random fucking towns in the middle of fucking nowhere so go grab uh, your tickets to that following his bio also we did have a ghost in the room because the roadcaster pro for this interview coming up uh with lee from traverse died twice during it and then we got the recording and it didn't work so we had to pull it off a camera we've sent it to an audio engineer they've done their best to make it sound as good as possible so please enjoy it is off a back camera and you can hear the conversation clearly uh it's an awesome episode we were so stoked to have lee from traverse um and i don't know what the fuck's going on with the roadcaster uh but also the uh video will be uploaded to youtube today um and that will make it easier as well to listen but um yeah this fuck all you can't really hear anything wrong with it so get over it um we'll speak to you soon bye love you welcome Ladies and gentlemen, we're back. They said we would never be back. Today we have a special guest. We've got Lee from Traverse. How are you, mate? Good, guys. How are you? Mate, we are awesome and we're so excited to, sit, uh, to meet you and see you. Obviously, you're here in person. Um, man, do you want to tell us about your magazine and, and what got you into it? Yeah, we're just a, a little travel magazine that's based around motorcycles and just take inspiration from people doing crazy shit all around the world. Yeah, right. Um, I got into it. Purely by luck more than anything, bad luck. Yeah, um, yeah. Went over the handlebars on a ride through WA and oh, broke, broke my neck and had quite a few months off work and work made me redundant after that. And the missus said, just go do whatever you want to do. So, oh, you had, really? so you had a bad accident in Perth. Where were you riding and what were you riding? Uh, I was on my GS riding on the Great Central Road, which is a quite an easy dirt road that goes from pretty much Kalgoorlie to the back of Uluru. Yeah. Um, and a couple of hundred k's in, I just was chasing after one of the old blokes that was riding with us because he got too far ahead and went into hole and that was it. We know the feeling of chasing an old bloke because when we ride on the border bunch, uh, there's an old guy on there called Stewie and I was like, at, this, at the start of the ride, I was like, well, he'll be at the back. Nah, he's so <laughs> far out the front, you never see him. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, this, this old guy getting out in front was just by luck more than anything else. Um, there was four of us, right? Oh, that's what we all say, mate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. we've all been there. Oh, it's lucky you had a rocket behind his motorbike. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, we were, we were, um, we just set off from Laverton, which is like the, the last town on the bitumen, and then the dirt yeah. starts. And there was four of us riding, myself, my missus, and two old guys, and one of them yeah. um, said, you know, 200 k's in, I've got to stop and have a shit. Mm. And my missus is on the internet. Oh, wow. Are you serious? 200 k's in. Yeah, Brett's got to have a shit every 10k. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So he the G-force hitting my body, you know, it's just going to push the pill out. <laughs> yeah. I know that feeling. <laughs> but mine usually gets pushed up. <laughs> the bounce switches off for a few days. Um, yeah, he, he stopped and the other guy, Ray, just got too far ahead. And Ray was in his 70s, so I was like, shit, I better catch up because if he stacks, it's going to be pretty bad. Yeah. So I just took off after him and all I remember he was looking down at the speed, I go, 110, that's not bad. And then next thing I know, the flying doctors were picking me up, so. Oh, man, this sounds all too familiar, all too familiar. <laughs> um, I was trying to keep up with my brother on his DS, yeah. and I slid out near Tenerfield, straight over the handlebars, woke up. 
Yeah, it didn't break my neck, but, you know, got a, I was concussed yeah. and, uh, yeah, we thought I had internal bleeding, but I was fine. Yeah. But, yeah, it was, it was, it just showed me, when you're on an XT600 old, cla- old clanger, yeah. do not try and keep up with an 800 GS <laughs> on, on, <laughs> on the dirt roads. It does and what, what GS were you on? Um, an 800. You were on an 800? Yeah. Oh, fantastic yeah. bike, probably. So you've come off, and what, and what happened after that? Did your missus find you? Did your friends find uh, you? Yeah, the missus and the other guy caught up to me. Yeah, yeah. and you were just you KO'd, or? Yeah, yeah, I was underneath the bike. I mean, I don't really remember anything of it. Yeah. Um, it was a pretty hard hit, like, yeah. my GPS tracker said I went from 100 to zero in one metre or something. <laughs> Um, and it looks, it looks like the bike actually dug in and spat me over the bars and the bike went straight up in the air, like the forks compressed and then shot it up in the air and it came down and went on the back of my head. Oh! Caved all the helmet in and twisted it around on my head and all sorts of shit. Oh, oh. really? So the others found me and I was still conscious apparently because the missus was on the intercom, like, yeah. crying out, where the hell is he? I can't see him. And then I said, you know, stop fucking swearing, I'm under the bike. Yeah. Um, and that's pretty much it. Wow. Gee, and so the next you remember you're in, you wake up and you're in, in a plane or? No, I remember little bits and pieces. I remember a car coming along that had two Taiwanese travellers in it and one of them was a nurse. Oh. Um, and I remember sort of trying to push her away. By this stage, I was sort of not fully paralysed, but I was sort of semi-paralysed all down my right-hand side. I could, I could feel stuff, but I couldn't move. Um, and I knew that I'd broken my collarbone, but I wasn't sure about the rest of it. Yeah. Um, and so she started cutting off my jacket, and I'm trying to push her away, like, fuck off, don't cut my jacket. Yeah, yeah, and that's 800 bucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they were like, well, we've already cut your helmet off and, you know, cut the straps to get it off my head. And oh, really? Like that. And I didn't even realise they'd taken the helmet off. Because you were in, like, fucking I delirium like, or whatever, oh, yeah. Man, yeah. And, um, then, and I, I kept asking them, so when do we get to Broken Hill? And they're like, that was fucking a week ago. Oh, I'm wow. Like, no, no, we get there today. And I kept trying to convince them we were on the way to Broken Hill, and they're like, no. <laughs> you know, and they're sort of panicking, like, shit, what's going on now? And, yes. And then the missus said the next thing that happened to me was I started crying and said, I'm going to fucking get rid of this motorbike and get a caravan. And she went, push the, push the PLB. If he's talking about getting a caravan, there's something serious. <laughs> So you had the locating device yeah, on you, yeah, yeah. and which I we now carry after Nick's big crash and a yeah, flare, yeah. Um, and you hit that, and what? And emergency services came within like an hour or whatever. Um, at the time, I was using a spot, like a, a spot Gen three, mm-hmm. um, and they get a pretty bad rap, but ours worked well on the day. Yeah. Um, it goes to America. America assesses where they need to contact, and then they contact the emergency services in Australia, and then they send someone out. Yeah. Um, but in the meantime, there was a, a guy coming from one of the gold mines out there who had a sat phone. So oh, right. our group rang triple O and they said, yeah, we've already got the location. The cops and an ambulance is on its way. Oh, God. So they, they came from Laverton and sorted me out and then took me back to town and the flying doctors came in a couple of hours later. Oh, man. Now, this is the craziest part of the story for me. You've got a partner that rides. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How do we do that? This is incredible. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This is all I've taken away from this. Like when we first got together. So what's your um, partner's name? Sorry, Megan. Megan, yeah. right? Yeah. When we first got together, um, I had a Ducati, just a, an old mid nineties nine hundred SS. Yeah. And she was like, "If you want to make this work, you got to get rid of that bike." Really? So I was like, Whoa. 
Oh, what do I do? Yeah. Bike. Yeah. I thought about it for a couple of weeks and thought, all right, I'll get rid of the bike. Yeah. So I did that and I was without a bike for a couple of years and then how can I get her into this? So I went and bought a little cruiser. Yeah. Put her on the back of it, took her around the block and she said, I fucking hate it. I'm not going to ride. Yeah. Man. Yeah. And by then I'd done a charity ride up to New South Wales about 12 years ago. Yeah. And she flew up to um, Sydney to meet me. Yeah. And while we were up there, she went, I don't I get why you ride bikes now. Watching 400 blokes all ride into Darling Harbour. Yeah. And all get emotional. She said, oh, mm, The sense of community yeah. and stuff like that, yeah. And so she said, I want to do the next one. I said, the next one's the Cairns. Yeah. And she went, all right, I'm going to buy a little 250. I'm going to learn how to ride and I'm coming with you. And I'm like, so, yeah. Really? Well, that's the double-edged sword because you go, oh, that's exciting you're coming, but God damn it, now I've got to yeah, baby you yeah, through this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I made it hard for her deliberately. I said to her, right, go get your learners and then you've got to get 10,000 Ks up before you come with me. You've got 12 months to do it. Yeah. I was thinking she'll never do it. But she did it. Yeah. Every weekend, when are we going for a ride? Where are we going? Let's go camping somewhere. Yeah. Really? That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, and probably like brought you closer together. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So There's she's probably some times we needed some relationship counselling. <laughs> like yeah. Well, well, there was one time when she fell off on the Great Ocean Road and the first yeah. thing I thought about was the bike. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and she caught up to me and the bike's all twisted and the side was all taken out of it and she's like just looking at me. I'm like, what the fuck have you done to the bike? <laughs> And she's like, oh, I am okay, you know? And I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no. Oh, no, 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 I was worried about you. Well. Yeah. So just going back, taking a little back step, but the, so you, after you come off the bike, so you woke up in hospital and what, what do they say to the doctor said? Because you've, like, you've broken your neck at this stage? Or? It was sort of before that, actually. Um, when I was in the hospital in Laverton, a few things happened there where I knew it wasn't quite right. All oh, right. When they first started talking about... Um, the flying doctors having to come and, you know, they were going to put me into some sort of intensive care before I got onto the plane. And, oh, Jesus. And that, and it was a bit of a worry. And the whole community of Labour all got together to help me and sort of stuff out. So I was oh. watching that sort of going on in the background, thinking, shit, this is serious. There's something going on. And then yeah. The, the doctors they had in Labour and like, this is a community of yeah. 100 people or something um, that services the whole goldfields area. Yeah. So they had doctors there that were sort of panicking a little bit. Oh, they probably um, hadn't seen so much drama in a while, you know? Yeah, maybe, yeah. 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 Although Ellie, who's the paramedic out there, she said the amount of people that she picks up off that road. Oh, <laughs> really? Yeah. Ah. It's not a bad road. It's just a, a well-graded dirt road, really. It gets yeah. a bit corrugated, but it's it's not a bad road. And what, you think you might have just hit a plot hole? Yeah, I just went to a bulldust yeah. hole. Oh, yeah. bulldust hole, right, yeah. yeah. Just stopped you dead. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that bulldust hole is just like super soft sand. Yeah, it's like yeah. talcum powder. It's really you just go stuff. in and you're fucking done. Yeah, we don't really get too much of it down here. Like, yeah. The, the little desert that, that area has some of it, um, but it's nothing like out in We uh, were in Tasmania and, um, yeah, I was just going along this muddy track. Same thing. Yeah. Just lucky I was going slow. Yeah. I didn't even go over the handlebars, but I fully... Kicked up like a mule, did a full-on mule kick. Yeah. Did like a, like a, you know, front with a mono or whatever. Yeah, yeah, front yeah. wheel stand straight over the top. <laughs> I just saw his back tire. I was like, why is his back tire up there? And then the front of the bike was 
Oh, you couldn't even see it. It was in quicksand, yeah. like this mud puddle. I was like, it was pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. It was so good, but I couldn't imagine that happening at, at 110. No, like, that, had, that is wild. We had a time on the Tenamai, coming down the Tenamai, yeah. that I was a couple of kilometres back, back behind Megan. Mm. And I came around this bend, and she sat in the middle of the road, like, literally sat on her bike, stopped dead, feet off the ground. Just sat down, like, Jesus, what happened? She said, I was like, I saw it. But I couldn't slow down enough, so she dropped into it and it just sucked the bike straight in and it, oh. it stopped dead. Yeah. Oh, wow. It's, That's fucking scary. It's shit stuff. It's. Yeah. Oh, guys who can ride it are good. Like, wow. No, they're my heroes. Yeah. Guys who can ride on that yeah. Stuff. Yeah. So they, all these doctors are freaked out and stuff like that from this small town going, fuck, what's going on with your neck or whatever? Yeah. And you're freaking out because they're freaking out. Yeah. And then they got to transport you to what, Kalgoorlie or something? No, to Perth. Oh, straight, straight away, straight so to Perth. 1,500 k's away. Yes. Um, yeah, so they flew me in there. But I knew something was wrong as soon as they put the catheter in. I was like, fuck, this is not good. Because uh, <laughs> if you've ever had one of those, it's... <laughs> no, no, yeah, it's like, I've, never, I've never had one, thank God. It's like driving someone trying to drive a truck into a garage made for a mini or something. <laughs> <laughs> It's not cool. <laughs> yeah, I don't ever want to get to that stage where I have to piss well, through a fucking... See I'm holding already. I'm like, nah, 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 I'm good, I'm good. <laughs> so then you get to Perth or whatever, and the, the doctors are like, man, your neck's fucked, or, or what do they say to you? Uh, I got there, I think it was quite late at night, so they sort of just put me into intensive care. I was awake while this was going on, but I was in an intensive care room. Yeah. Uh, getting checked on every bloody 15 minutes and everything, and... Uh, by this stage, I'm not sure that they were so concerned about it. They obviously knew that something was going on, but I, I must have had some sort of feeling that I couldn't recognise. But you know, they would touch my hands, my hands were moving and stuff. So, so oh, yeah, yeah. there was something, yeah, not right, but yeah. it wasn't as bad as what they initially thought. Yeah. Um, then the next day they did all the scans and everything, and they were like, "Yeah, you've fractured a couple of vertebrae, and you've torn all the ligaments off the right hand side." Basically, from the base of your skull to the top of your shoulders. Yeah. And I'm more concerned about that because the ligaments never heal properly. So. Yeah, right. Oh. But, but I was busted up. I broke this collarbone two places, a couple of cracked ribs. Yeah. Uh, fucking the best bruises you've ever seen. Yeah, yeah really. Right. And so after the after the crash, how long were you in, in hospital for? Would you say how long were you rested up? You couldn't work. Uh, couldn't do I was in, in Perth for a couple of weeks. Yeah, right. Uh, Beautiful. And, great. What a great holiday. Yeah, I'm sure you would enjoy the view from the yeah. Armadale Hospital in yeah. Perth. In yeah. Perth with a broken neck. Yeah. <laughs> you're just like, oh, I know. Yeah, you're missing the, really low here. You're missing the view of the train station. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm from Perth, I'm like, Yeah, so th that happened. And then there was a young doctor who said, oh, well, we're going to reconstruct your collarbone while, while you're here. And I'm like, <laughs> really? And he was like, yeah, it'll, it'll get it back to normal. There's only a slight risk of something going wrong. I'm like, what's the slight risk? He said, if we nick the nerves, then you probably lose feeling in your right arm. I'm like, yeah. fuck that. Like, get me a second opinion. Yeah. And this old bloke came out. He was about 90. I yeah. think he was the young kid's boss. And he said, are you an elite athlete? I'm like, do I fucking look like an elite athlete? <laughs> and he went, no, nah, you'll be fine. You don't need a surgery. You don't need surgery. Off you go. Yeah. yeah. Right. So it was like that was an additional risk as well. That yeah. Mean. Yeah. I mean, now I've got a, the perfect collarbone for driving. My yeah. seatbelt sits in this little gap here. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, there's, there's a positive to everything. Yeah, yeah. So after you come over the handlebars, like you mentioned you were working corporate before, you were like, fuck this. Yeah. Like, it, would it take you a year to recover or something like that? Uh, yeah, pretty much. I was off work for four months. Yeah. Um, and then in a collar 
for another few months after that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I went back to work, I was at work for a couple of weeks, and then my boss took me aside and said, you know, we're going to make you redundant. And I took a person, I was like, fuck, I've been off work fucking pretty beaten up, and, yeah. and, and you staked me, basically. Yeah, yeah. And they were like, no, no. And it turns out it was a big corporate rig structure. They got rid of most management and everything. Yeah. Uh, but I was shitty at the time. I yeah. said to Megan, fuck this, you know, what am I going to do? And she said, look at the positives. You get a decent payout. The yeah. TAC have paid you as well. Yeah. You know, you've come out with almost a year's salary. You're like, yeah. just fuck off for a year and do what you want to do. Yeah. Get that year back of your life. Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. So I went for a ride and, you know, after a couple of months, Wow, so went back, went back home. Oh, not not one. You've got a partner's rides, and then she said this. Yeah, but I, I didn't. I, I didn't go. Off <laughs> Where on do one we big, find one of these? Yeah. I, I didn't go off on one big ride. I wish I had it now. I probably would have gone overseas or something. To, to be fair, I think my partner's that stressed when I say I'm going to do something. She's like, "You have no money." Uh, yeah. <laughs> so at least you had money. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But yeah, then I came home and just said to Megan, "I'm going to go back to what I used to do in the nineties." Mm. She was like, "Oh Christ, here we go." Yeah, you're like, and you get out a big, big mirror ball of cocaine. Like, yeah, I used to party. I was a disco guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, that's how Traverse started. Oh, that is so cool. So you're like, fucking, you giving up the corporate life, and then because you're originally like a, tra- like a travel photographer, was that what you? No, were doing? I originally um, I was just working freelance, but covering mostly motor racing. So that was another, oh, wow. another dream job back in the nineties. But yeah. Freelancers was pretty cutthroat. Especially the 90s as well, you yeah. know what I mean? I, don't, you know, I feel it's like more easy to make connections with people now yeah. to social media yeah. and stuff. It sort of is now, but I think these days it's easier to get ripped off as well. Yeah. There's oh, so yeah. many young kids who come out of uni and go, I'll do that job for nothing. Yeah. Um, I've got a video camera and TikTok. I yeah. can do it. Yeah. 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 100%. I've, I've utilised those guys heaps of times. <laughs> <laughs> So you're the yeah, 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 yeah. There's one of them standing behind that camera there. There's another one. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, it's, it's me that's taking the bed. Um, oh, man, that's so cool. So you're like, all right, I'm going to start Traverse the Magazine. And what was your first trip? What, or what was your first idea to get the first episode, first magazine up? First, uh, up? The first issue was... Issue, that was the word I was looking for. Yeah. Fuck, man. Yeah. Get down to 60 minutes. First little book. First little book. Every time we do this and I try and we interview someone who's like professional, has a cool job, I'm like, and what word thing do you use? And I'm like, oh, God, stick to your lane, ready. I remember what was in the first issue now it was about six years ago um, probably how like because there's a lot of motorbike magazines out there um how are you going to make yours different what 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 the, how the, are you the more homegirls at the back <laughs> more and more never ending home it's all homegirls yeah, yeah. yeah remember the truth yeah it's just like that you know or <laughs> <laughs> people magazine yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um no we wanted it to be not really about the motorbikes Okay. The motorbikes are just a means of transport. Oh, cool. Yeah, there's plenty okay. of adventure bike magazines, there's dirt bike magazines. Yep. But can any bike be an adventure bike magazine? Uh, a, a, an adventure bike? Yeah. 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 So, you know, we have people who travel on Harleys, people who travel on posty bikes, people who do Can-Ams, all sorts of shit. Yeah. Um, our, our feeling is if a bike takes you somewhere you've never been before or makes you feel good, that's an adventure bike. Yeah, right. And so you're mainly focusing on the people and their stories as well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah nice. Because the bikes tend to take people to places where a car or a four-wheel drive won't. Yeah. Um, you know, someone's got a $100,000 Land Cruiser. They're not going to go on the shitty tracks of Tasmania like you guys did. Or, no, no. Or, you know, go across the desert or something. So it's, 
It's that sort of thing. It's that's where they well, that's also the part that makes me excited about you know mainly listening or, or looking at is is like yeah the bikes are cool yeah, yeah how cool is that but yeah. where did you go and yeah. what did you you know what what hurdles did you overcome and stuff yeah. like that I think that's what's interesting yeah. about it, you know? I, I find it um, probably one of the hardest things I find is I, I don't want my partner to ride I don't I, you know I don't think she should you know like one day if we get some acreage around the farm or whatever just on dirt yeah. but I want her to see the world the the way you see the world through a motorbike. Like it's so much better. Yeah. When you're when you're riding around the hills, I find when you're driving, there's a, I don't know, there must be the windows or some shit. Yeah, you're there's in a, you're there's in a, a connection that's that's yeah. lost. You're yeah. in a bubble. Katy Perry's playing in the background yeah. or some <laughs> shit. You know what I mean? You yeah. like you go through a drive-through. You're not yeah. really connected. No. Yeah. But no, once you're on a motorbike, you're like, wow, you, this is incredible. You feel the weather. You yeah. feel the conditions of the road. Yes. You know you. You're hot, you're sweaty, or you're cold and wet. Yeah, you're all part of it. You smell everything as well. That's what I was about to say. My favourite part about being yeah. on the bike is smelling, and it's like whether it's like you pass a dead cow, but yeah. you are in that moment, yeah. and or you're coming into a wet forest, and you're like, I don't know. There's something about this. The smell to me is same with food. Like fucking sucks you into it that does. setting, yeah, really and I, that's my favourite part of riding. You yeah. know, and whether it's fuel or whatever you're passing, you feel yeah. a part of it. You know, yeah, absolutely. The other thing is too, like if you pull up, particularly if you're on your own or just a small group. You'll pull up somewhere, take your helmets off, and people will swarm around you. They want to know what you've been doing. Yeah. It happens everywhere. That's it's... never happened to us. They look at us and they go, they've, done, they've, they've hit two bodies in the bush. <laughs> we know what they've done, and we don't want to be a part of this. <laughs> we, got, we got cornered by one old guy in Tasmania. Um, that was it. And uh, he just wanted to talk about himself. He was like some rich guy who wanted to he yeah, talk like, all about how many uh, motorbikes he had. That was it. That's, yeah, that's he had a crazy amount of mountain bikes and motorbikes and e-mountain bikes. And he just, he, like his wife must have been like, just get out of the fucking house <laughs> for four hours. I don't want to see you. Yeah. And then he sees two guys on motorbikes. And we had a busy day and we ended up having a two-hour coffee yeah. with this guy. But we didn't get one word in. And I don't <laughs> think he asked us one question. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he just was like, bah, 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 bah. here's my life. Anyway, gotta go, boys. Yeah. I was exhausted by yeah. the end. It was like running a marathon. However, he did give us some 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 inside advice about the new uh, DR. Apparently, there's a there's a new DR to compete with the Tenere, which is wild. It'd be test road, apparently. Yeah. So I don't know. Don't know if it's true. Yeah, apparently. But you probably know better than us. This is not a myth. A DR that's going to compete with the Tenere. Yeah, yeah. So that was a DR six ninety or a DR six seventy or something like that. He, he claims to know the guy from Suzuki. He claimed a lot of things. Yeah, he claimed a lot of things. <laughs> I, I want to know. I, we I, we should have recorded it and written everything down because I, I don't think ninety percent of it was true. Yeah, yeah. But it was a good yarn, no yeah, matter what. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we're excited anyway. We're like, oh wow, you know. Yeah, so and don't let the truth get in the way. Yeah, yeah, mate. Exactly. We never do here. <laughs> we love talking shit. <laughs> so you've got the first uh, ep- so first episode out. <laughs> First edition out, yep. and then so you've now you've been you're up to what number are you up to now? Uh, 33 came out last week. So that's awesome. So that's what we six and a half years of work. Yeah. And what would you say like out no, of sorry five and a half years? Five and a half. And what would you say out of that was your probably your your most favourite and your least favourite ride? This is what I want to know. Of, of my rides. Out of your rides, yeah. Oh, least favourite. Would probably be going over the handlebars. Yeah. Or during lockdown, I did an iron butt ride. Yeah. An iron butt ride. You do a thousand miles in twenty four hours. Oh wow. Sixteen hundred k's in twenty four hours. Oh really? And 
Kim Jong Dan had locked us in yeah. Victoria, so yeah. I only had Victoria to ride in. Yeah. So I rode down along the coast, you know, set off at two o'clock in the morning or whatever it was, down yeah. along the coast, then up the border, across little desert, rainbow, big desert, that area. Yeah. And then came back down through the, the middle of the state. And that was gruelling? Yeah, it was hard. Yeah. yeah. By the end of it, I was numb. Like, there was no more pain. It was just numbness. How many hours do you reckon you clocked on the bike? 17 hours. 17 hours. So it's called an iron bark. Yeah. Iron yeah. butt. Iron butt. Yeah. Ah, right. That sounds like the next flat stick adventure. No, I think, like... You give one a go. Look, you're, you're, um, you're much more experienced than me, but I think that's the stupidest fucking thing I've ever done. <laughs> Why would you put yourself in so much danger? I got home at 10 o'clock at night and yeah. um, Megan was already in bed and I woke her up and she's like, Jesus Christ, are you okay? And I'm like, it's the stupidest fucking thing I've ever done. <laughs> but I can't wait to do the next one. Yeah, right. <laughs> and it was, it was stupid. I mean, it was, yeah. What were you riding? Were you on the GSGS? Yeah, 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 I was yeah, going right. to say, the, the, at least you got a bit of comfort there. You yeah, know, you're not on like an yeah. XT or a DR over here. It was yeah. fucking awful. Um, yeah, I do, I do, I've got an XB1600 as well, like a Yamaha I yeah. thought about doing it on that, but yeah. legs out like this the whole time. A Yamaha I love that phrase. <laughs> I love that, man. Yeah, we'll yeah. coin that. It's a yeah. Yamaha Yeah, yeah, that is awesome. Um, so what, is that, are those the only two bikes you've got? Do you have any other ones? Um, they're the only two at the moment, and yeah. Megan's got a GS as well. Mine's, G- mine's a GSA, so it's the one with the bigger fuel tank and the yeah. bigger plastics and stuff. Yeah. Um, she's just got a standard one. Yeah. yeah. So she rides an 800? Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, that is. They are, my, my brother's got one. It's so awesome to ride because they've got sports bike power. It feels like I'm on a, a sports bike, like something like that. Yeah, an unpowered sports bike, but yeah, they're okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. but it's, it's all, like, the, re- the way it revs is yeah. so incredible. Yeah. And just the most comfortable bike. The good thing about them, too, like, is, is they're pretty simple. Even yeah. though they're BMWs, they're pretty simple. Like, if something breaks, like, you can fix it on the side of the road unless it's catastrophic. Yeah. You know, you don't have too many electrics or anything like that. Not much can go wrong. Yeah, yeah. No. So they are a good bike. And they're... they're I'm probably biased, but a lot of other people. I was just riding with a guy in Nepal actually who, who reckons they're the best bike to travel in. He knows he used to be a BMW trainer, but has ridden all sorts of stuff. And he's, he reckons the 800 is probably the best traveling bike to go around the world on. Yeah, right. Because right, you can yeah. get parts anywhere. Almost everywhere has a BMW dealer. Yeah, true. Um, you might yeah. not think that they do, but they do. Like yeah. in Nepal, there's BMW dealers. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. The um, we're probably riding on stuff that's pretty technical, but the, yeah, the only time was it was in Tasmania. I got I was on a few tracks that were really brutal. And I was like, oh, I've got to bring my brother here. But then I just thought, would we get the eight hundred out of this? You know. But then I thought, you, you probably would. You know. But you just got to have you know two or three people with you. Because yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was it was it was really grueling technical stuff. Yeah. But then I thought. Yeah, you'd probably get it through it. Yeah. You probably would get it through it, yeah. I think you've got the right, right mount mindset, you yeah. can do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, there's always a way. Like I dropped mine up on the side of Mount Sterling once and got pinned underneath it, head first down a hill. Yeah. And I can't do sit-ups. I mean, with a gut like this, you yeah. would, but I can't do sit-ups at the best of time. Yeah. I'm like, how the fuck am I going to get out of this? It was across my legs and I was head first. And, you know, I'll just lay here, four-wheel drive will come along sooner or later. And yeah. then the engine started burning through my pants. Oh. And I fucking became superhuman. I just lifted that bike off me and got it <laughs> back down the hill and it was pretty knackered. I dropped it twice more going down the hill. I was so tired. Yeah. And then that's a whole other story, what happened down at the bottom of the hill. But 
Yeah, what happened yeah, to one of them? <laughs> I set up camp and just as it was getting dark, this ute turned up and a guy got out of it and he's like, are you camping here? I'm like, yeah. yeah. He goes, don't camp here. I'm like, why? He goes, we're camping two kilometres down the track. Go down there. I'm like, nah, I'll save you. Yeah. And he's like, well, if anything happens tonight, you sound your horn and I'll come running. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> anyway, the next morning I woke up and unzipped the tent and he was sat on the picnic table with a rifle. <laughs> and I was shitting. I'm thinking, fuck, this is Ivan Milad. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm dead. Yeah, the hell? And I just said, what the fuck are you doing? He said, did you not hear the dogs last night? I'm like, no. He said, go and have a look at your pannier. They'd actually, I'd only, I've got aluminium panniers and they, I'd only clipped it down, but mustn't have done it properly. And the dogs got in and pulled everything out. I'm like, fucking hell, they're only dingoes, aren't they? And he said, nah, not around here, mate. He goes, they're wild dogs. Oh, really? He said, there was about 30 of them. That's why I came up. I could hear them all howling and carrying on. He goes, you must have been dead to the world. (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) He said, the reason why I told you not to stay here is all those bones there, they're all cattle bones where they brought down bloody calves and stuff and... Oh. Eating them and just left the bones. I'm like, shit. <laughs> it's also like, give us a heads up when you say don't stay here. Yeah, yeah. Oh, because there's wild dogs. Yeah, just stay with us. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll do that. You know what I mean? You've left out some information yeah. there, Jim. You know, I've got to compete with wild dogs and the locals. Right? You know, like, which is, are they ugly over who's going to kill me first? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh, man, that is crazy. Yeah. So you just got back from Nepal as I well. Tell us about that. That was probably some of the best riding I've done, I think. Really? Yeah. Awesome country. And you, what were you riding? Uh, little Royal Enfield Himalayans or Himalayans, as yeah. the locals call them. Um, 411 cc's of nothing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no suspension. At yeah. altitude, we're riding carby ones. So once you go up to altitude, they're just shit. Like, your first gear everywhere. Yeah, really? Because um, I was trying to get ahead of everyone so I could take photos. Yeah. It was just not happening. So the mechanics said, just pull the air filter out of it. So I did that and tripled the horsepower straight away. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, man. Sucking in all that Himalayan dust and Yeah, shit. right. Man, um, so it was, with, was it with the tour, tours? The, yeah, it was. What, it was they, what are they called again? Uh, um, there's a company over there called Altitude Riders. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I did two back-to-back tours with them. Yeah. Um, it was a group of Americans on both tours brought out by a guy called Brett Tax. He was like, go on YouTube and... Watch these videos, they're freaking awesome. They'll teach you how to ride like a pro. Yeah, right. They are okay. really good. Yeah. Um, so we, we rode together for the two two tours. So we sort of spread across five weeks. Yeah. Um, the first one went up to the upper Mustang, so right up near the Chinese border. Yep. Um, a place pretty remote. They get about two to 4,000 tourists a year, even pre-COVID. Um, and then the, the second one was even more remote in central Nepal. It was like these towns that have these roads that essentially no one goes to these towns because they're just dead end roads. So, so it's, it's just cool. amazing scenery you could not see in a car. You just... Oh, you could do it in a car if you yeah, wanted yeah, to, but yeah. you wouldn't enjoy it the same Yeah, way. really. So oh. going up to the upper Mustang, the, the tracks are pretty fucked up. Yeah. Um, the sides of mountains yeah. slide down all the time so that the tracks get sort of almost washed away and then yeah. they just go back and bulldoze all the shit out of the way but a lot of it gets left so they're pretty rough and rutted and wet and, do you, and do stuff you, like Do that. you find you don't get to enjoy parts of the ride because you are working as yeah, well? Because yeah. me and Nick find that sometimes we're yeah. like, oh, we've got to get the fucking drone out and yeah. sometimes you're like, you just want to 
but you've got to create content, otherwise yeah. you can't yeah. be there. You know what I mean? Does yeah. anyone find that exhausting? Yeah, I tend to take just one camera with a, a lens that covers a, a broad range, so like a twenty-eight to three hundred mil. Yeah. Um, you know, God, that is wild. That is, yeah, that it's, is it's, awesome. <laughs> it's, it's a good lens, but it's got its limitations. It's pretty yeah. slow and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, you know, you can't use a um, wide open aperture or anything. It's yeah. pretty bloody slow in that regards. But it's a good lens if anything happens to it. You know, it's, you can sort of fix it there and then or throw it away. It's, yeah. you know, it's not you know, millions of dollars worth of stuff that could get damaged. And it could happen. Like it, they get knocked around a fair bit. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the cameras I take are sort of older Nikon Pro cameras. You know, they're pretty mm -hmm. tough, but I'm not too concerned if something happens to them as well, as long as I've got the memory card. Yeah. Oh, that's so, great, man. So yeah, you've got it down to a fine art now. Yeah, yeah you know. I've been doing it long enough, so yeah. Yeah, yeah probably did. Made yeah. a lot of mistakes. But like, but like you said, Brett, um, you know, it does sort of give me the shit that I can't really enjoy where I am because yeah. I've constantly got the camera or taking notes or doing whatever yeah but then it's like that's a double-edged sword it's like if you don't do it then you can't be there like you know what i mean yeah. sometimes sometimes even like it's boring and stuff but you're like all right you just had a big day riding but yeah. you've got to offload three fucking memory cards and it takes yeah. an hour and you're like you just want to have a beer and a hot yeah. shower and not think about it and you're well, just like looking at data lines you're like oh. the way i do that is like i'll just take tons of memory cards and then just keep them I'm not actually process anything until I get home so oh, I don't nice. have to worry yeah. about that I can have a beer with the boys after the ride or something yeah the other upside of it is I'm on group rides is because I'm constantly trying to get well ahead of everyone yeah. so I can get the photos of them coming through I'm allowed to scoot off and have a bit of fun and, yeah uh, which is a bad thing sometimes too because you're going that hard yeah 40 kilometers an hour on a Royal Enfield is pretty hard yeah <laughs> yeah it, you're doing that, so you're not actually taking in where you are as well. So you're just trying to get, you know, a few. You got a mission, yeah, 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 yeah. I find it's uh, it's it's bad, but it's also really good because I would hate, <clears throat> I would hate just booking a tour, yeah, and not, you know, just booking a tour and then just going on it. Yeah, like I prefer. I always had the dream of work and travel. Yeah, you yeah. know, like when, when I used to travel before I did stand up and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I, I remember I had a mate and he. He travelled around with bagpipes. He just bust in South America just doing bagpipes. That's how he met people. Yeah. He met the locals. They're like, oh, you play the bagpipes. No one does that. And they went to his house and stuff. And I find that that's the awesome thing about what we do is, like, people ask or people go, oh, yeah, cool. Yeah, well, I'll, yeah I'll go on camera for sure. Oh, yeah, come and see my snakes or whatever. Yeah, or well, that, that is cool. and, You know, like, it's so cool. Cause, that, is, that is the other benefit yeah, of yeah, it yeah. is, like, yeah, with the classic example of the snake thing, we we did Tassie ride, and then we Nick's friend collects snakes and catches them or whatever. And because yeah. we had cameras, he's like, "Yeah, come over and film all the snakes." And we never—I mean, I didn't fucking pick it up; I was too fucking scared. But uh, <laughs> Nick picked up the snake or whatever. Like we would never in our life normally experience that yeah. situation if yeah. we didn't. Well, we yeah. weren't filming, even yeah. if it is for YouTube or whatever. But yeah. people are like, "No, no, come over." You know, they're more excited. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, man, yeah. And look, it's crazy because um, the Royal Enfield, you know, the Himalaya, I remember I nearly, I had a choice, you know, maybe to buy one of those or whatever. Um, my, my dad once uh, lent me his Sateo 650 and a lot like the Himalaya in the fact that it's like a tractor. Yeah. Like we all, all the other bikes got bogged on the beach on Fraser Island. This thing just kept going. Yeah but not a fun bike to ride. Yeah. The wheel does not come up, no matter how much you give it to it. <laughs> it does not It does not come up. When you jump, you just, the back wheel's fully <laughs> up in the air. I knocked the fucking back, um, back number plate <coughs> off from air 
you're in a Satayo, Dad's like, you should not jump a BMW Satayo that high. It's destroyed. And, uh, yeah, so it must have been good to have a Himalaya, like, not fun, but the fact that you were just probably upright the whole time, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, didn't, I didn't drop mine once. Yeah. I, well, I shouldn't say that. I dropped them twice, but once it actually got blown over, it was on the stand and the wind just blew it over. And another <laughs> that one, doesn't count. Yeah, that doesn't count. And another one, I'd, I'd parked to take photos and one of the girls riding went past a bit close and I think she either clipped it or the wind off her bike knocked yeah. mine over. Ah. So I was like, Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're not light. That's the funny thing, but they do yeah. stand quite upright on the stand, so. But as far as dropping them, nah, you're never going to drop those things. They go too slow. Oh, <laughs> so great, man. It's so great. And speaking of, of you know, female rising or something, something I liked about your magazine is you actually have a lot of uh, female contributors yeah. to the magazine. That is awesome, man. Yeah. And well, did you make a conscious decision or did a lot of uh, female writers come forward? Um, it was never a conscious decision, yeah. but in the first issue, we had Heather Ellis, who's a bit of a local hero yeah. here. Uh, back in the 90s, she rode her bike from Darwin down to Perth and then across to South Africa and then all the way up through Africa and yeah. end up in London um, before anyone was doing it, before it became popular. Yeah. I mean, people had done it, but you know, back then it was unheard of. Yes. Um, so she did it and her story is just amazing so I, I was always sort of idolising her and, yeah. then, and then when she rode home through Russia and everything um, a few years later her story as a follow up to what happened up going up through Africa was just whoa how could you yeah. how could you go on wow so her story was just amazing she's got two brilliant books yeah Ubuntu and um Oh, we'll have to get her on because yeah. it sounds like a sounds like a, 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 a guest we'd love to have on. Yeah, she's got great stories. Oh man, that's so amazing! And north, so, like North of Africa and things like that, that is that is extremely yeah like amazing. I remember I met a guy once uh, and he was cycling around the world on a mountain bike. Yeah, and uh, I, I kept up with his blog and he just skipped the North of Africa. He was like, I I can't really? do it. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's wild. Yeah, yeah, too wild. Yeah. So that's that's so amazing. Man. Yeah. So you got her. So you're like, oh, well, if we have the opportunity to get her in or run the magazine, we'll just fucking do it. Yeah. 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 Well, she, I, I Heather and I had sort of known each other, not not yeah. well, but you know, we'd met each other a few times. So I said to her, look, this is what I'm doing. She's yeah. Do a story, and she's like, yeah, sure. Wow. So she did a story, and it sort of went from there. It was like, and that's opened up the floodgates, and you're like, great. Yeah. There's more. Just, there's a lot of women doing amazing stuff. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. man. We went and trying to get a few. There's a few girls on the Fink at the do the Fink Desert Race, and then one of them did the double last year. It's like it, there is amazing riders out there, yeah. and like it's you know there's there hasn't been a big shift on media focused on it yet, yeah. but it's it's there, and the great riders are there, and they've got great yeah. stories. Yeah, I, I think if you look at women who are doing stuff, there's probably a greater percentage of women doing amazing stuff than what there are men. Yeah. You know, a lot of men will go by. Yeah, come on, for men. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you know what I mean? No, don't be a littlest too much. You know? what, what, are you, what are you saying? <laughs> no, no, that is true, mate. That's yeah, true. That, is, that is fully true. That, that is so amazing. And also, you do have a lot of different, uh, you know, age ranges of yeah. writers as well, which I saw as well, which is amazing. Yeah. So, yeah, how do you think writing has changed, like, since you started? Have I mean, obviously, the adventure is more in now and things it's, like that. But yeah, yeah, I think the thing I've seen in the last five or six years is that 
the adventure bike term has been hijacked by dirt bikes. Yeah. Anything yep. that's made to go off-road now is a bloody adventure bike. Yes. And and people think they can travel around. I mean, I'm not saying they can't, but yep. people think that they can easily travel around the world on a 125 or a 250 or something. Well, you yep. can do it, and people do do it. Yeah. But are you going to be totally comfortable? Probably yep. not. Yeah, and that's where the thing is, like riding a dirt bike around for an hour with the skinny seat, yeah, who gives a shit? Yeah. Eight hours sitting on that thing, yeah. you want to kill yourself, you yeah. know what I mean? That's why, I mean, even on a, like the DR650, which is a very reliable, solid bike, but it's got so many flaws on it, the seat, there's so many, you know, there's not a lot you have to do, yeah. but once I put the seat on it, it was such a game changer. I can now sit on it for eight hours, yeah. and I've got a bad back, and I don't have any real back issues on that thing, you know? Yeah. The seat cost me $1,000. It cost me half as much as I paid for the motorbike, yeah. but it's worth it, you yeah. know? But that, that's a good thing about yeah. adventure bikes as well, though, that everyone customises their bike to suit their own needs. There's no two that are the same. No. No, that's, that's the coolest thing. Like, I've got a 96 XT600, and that, that the term, I remember a 90, well, up until 2010 or 2015, there was no adventure bike term. No. There was it didn't exist. Well, even the inventors of the adventure bike, BMW. Yeah. You know, they call their bikes GS, which essentially means off-road, on-road. Yeah. On-road, off-road. They weren't even classed as adventure bikes until Charlie and Ewan rode them around. Right the world. Yeah, and yeah, went, really. Oh, we can do this. Let's do it. Yeah. You, know, you can do it if you've got a massive support crew. <laughs> yeah. But they they at least started something that they made people realise. This is not as hard as what it looks. You can do it if you've got the right mindset. Yeah. You want to do it. That's what, I mean, that's the thing as well. Like when I, yeah, there's two ways to do adventure bike riding as well. Like you see just the nice gravel roads and stuff. And I, when I, because the first big ride I did was with Nick and his mates about the two or three years ago. And I kind of was like, man, we're going to be like Charlie Baldwin. I'm just going to be sitting on a dirt road with my panties, you know, 80 Ks, just cruising along. And then like, yeah. and they just take you into some fuck places and you're like, don't we need a dirt bike for this? And they're like, nah, this will do. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's like, there's two ways you can do anything, I suppose. Yeah, but that's probably the more fun way. But at the start, and even up till last year, I was like, I don't think I can do this bit. <laughs> <laughs> but then Nick rides off and I've got no fucking choice. It's either I stay down there and camp or I follow him. Yeah. And which is kind of good. It makes me a better rider. But it's yeah. like, sometimes I'm like, I don't want to be here. <laughs> We all get in situations like that. Yeah, yeah. Because um, I do a, a thing every year uh, called the Frontline Safari. It's um, a guy, Clay Marks, who's based up in Sydney, who's former military, and he's seen a lot of his mates you know, do the unthinkable and shit yeah. like that. So he works with uh, Soldier On yeah. to, to promote you know, mental health and stuff like that with returned servicemen and stuff. So they do a ride across the Simpson Desert every year. And oh, cool. We take the youth up there and support them and... Yep. You know, people people jump in if they're a bit tired or, or get hurt or whatever, like Clay did last year, he busted yep. himself up pretty pretty decently and came in the ute with me and fucking yep. just had a giggle like schoolgirls the whole time across <laughs> yep. the desert, having a hell of a lot of fun. But you know, some of the stuff they do across there is pretty amazing. But on the way up to Mount Dare last year, some of the guys who were on their enduro bikes going up the Ute without a track pulled me aside that night over a few beers and they were like, You do this shit every day? I'm like, yeah, why? No. And I'm like, this is fucked. <laughs> what do you mean? And I'm like, fucking, you ride 400 kilometers in one day just on a road like that. I'm like, yeah, on a bigger bike than what you've got. Yeah. And they're like, oh, I don't know how you do it. I'm like, well, you're on the fucking wrong bikes to start with. You're on enduro bikes. Like, if you look at my GS, it's got a fucking lounge seat. Yeah, it's, it's got heated handlebars. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. hang on, yeah. sorry. 
Yeah, that's why I don't want to change, you know, like I, I want to change, but while while I'm still kind of young, yeah. well, I'm 40 now, but I'm like, oh, shit, you know, I've got, I don't, I'm not going to sell XT. I bought it for two grand. Yeah. There's no way. I'd be losing money. But I'm like, I've got to get a WR450 just while i am still got the strength to get my arms ripped off. To do the good yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, to do the good shit. Then, because once you break that, once I get an 800, I won't go back. There's no way. <laughs> There's no way I'm going back to a 450 or anything like that. You know, I'll be like, this is so beautiful. You know? Oh, it's all relative. Though. Yeah, 450 yeah. is a half the weight of a bloody yeah. 800 GS or something. It's, yeah. Yeah, so. You know, you'd, you'd never take a GS across what people do, and I have, but yeah. you wouldn't do it time after time. It's one of those things you tick it off once and go, fuck it, I'm never going to do that again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've got it through once. That's yeah. enough. I don't need to do it again. Yeah. yeah. There was guys who did it. There was four or five Tenere's. Yeah. T7s who did it this time, and those guys were good riders, really good, but they're all fucked every day. Yeah, like, right. Give me one beer and then I'm going to bed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, even the, the eight hours on a bike off road is, you know what I mean? If you're not used to it as well, like yeah. I came back for that last ride. And you know, normally I've got man boobs or whatever. I was like, fucking hell, bro. You'd be all right. It went after a week since I stopped riding, but just doing that all day, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's good fun. And you, sweat, you end up sweating it out in the suit anyway. You put on all the weight from all the Palmers and the 10 years you have at night. But eight hours of like solid riding, like you never sleep better. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's the best. And I love hearing stories. We had, um, we had, uh, we had Jake Simkin uh, on the last episode. I don't know if you've heard about him. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, he was saying, like, I love hearing a story about him. He showed us his shitty KLE 500, and he's like, yeah, I still keep up with DRZs on this. I love that. That's what I love. Pure psychos. Yeah. They just come on like a piece of shit and just pin it. Yeah. Is that, that, that's, that's hornier than ever. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's sick, you know? So yeah. have you any um, plans uh, for your next magazine episode? Where are you going to go? What are you going to be writing? Are you going to another adventure uh, plan? The next issue, because... Most of the stuff that's in Traverse is not written in-house. It's not by me or anyone else who works with magazines. It's just contributors, so it's stories from all over the place. Um, having said that, there's a couple more Nepal stories and an Indian story that have been written in-house, but there's also Italy, um, yeah. Spain's in one as well. There's cool. Morocco coming up as well. How do you find, do you go on dirt tracks there or is it um, roads? Like, and if you do do the dirt tracks there, how do you source them? How do you, have you got contacts there or what do you, what do you In do? the other countries and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, No, usually if it's me, I'll just, if I see a track come off the main, the main dirt road or something, I'll just go, oh, that looks interesting. I'll just go up there and see where it goes. And yeah, great. It's, that's a great thing about a bike that you can take them into those sorts of places. And if it ends up going nowhere, you just turn around and come back or ride through the bush if you have to or... Something like that. There's a lot of places where you can't do it, like Nepal, you couldn't do it. Like yeah. You go off the road there and you're going up a mountain or going down a cliff or something. <laughs> there's no other tracks anywhere, so yeah. you can't really take them. Um, but you can certainly ride through some of the little towns and everything and find the local tracks, like they're walking tracks, they'll let you take your bikes on those. Yeah. yeah. Um, the swing bridges. Yeah. You ride your bikes across those. I was going to say, yeah. the roads in Nepal, I assume I've never been, but I reckon they'd all be pretty crazy and windy and turny, so uh, you'd be having a ball of fun on most they, of them. They are sort of crazy. They're not as not as windy as the ones in the Himalayas in, in, in India. Yeah, right. Like, okay. Jesus, they have a lot of hairpins over there because they'll yeah. just go straight up the side of a mountain, whereas in Nepal, you'll ride along the edge of a mountain and 
until there's a bit of a clearing and then go through and then you might have to double back. So to, to do 20 kilometres, you might end up riding 100 kilometres or something. Oh, wow. Whereas in India, they just have roads that just wind They're like, up. nah, fuck this, straight yeah. up. Yeah. <laughs> You know that road in Tasmania, what's it called, Jacob's Ladder? Yeah, we did it, yeah. Yeah, they make that just look like someone's driveway. (laughs) (laughs) Really? Because even some of those, I was like, Jesus, you know what I mean, trying to get up there. So you must be like... Like the king rider now, man. Do you feel you get better and better every time, or do you feel like you get worse? I do. I wouldn't (laughs) say, like, oh, I'm an okay rider. I wouldn't say I was a great rider. Yeah. Um, Earlier this year, I went to do a a story on Michael Burgess, the the Dakar rider. He does a a road book training course so I went and spent a weekend with him doing that and had a bit of a laugh and everything and at the end of it he's like I had to find it I'm like fucking hell I don't know how you have so many things going through your head all at the same time and you're, you're riding at 150 kilometres an hour and he yeah. goes yeah you're a shit rider so that's why you struggle <laughs> like fair call yeah. I did struggle like you know, yeah. just riding through the bush around Bendigo it's like you know too many things to concentrate on like I'd just yeah. like to get out and go but yeah. Not doing this. I was on his KTM riding at about 10 kilometres an hour going, fuck, when's the next checkpoint coming up? And yeah. You know, was... And sometimes when you get overwhelmed, like, I, I'm glad Nick, Nick normally navigates and has the map. I can't even, if there's something in front of me that's a distraction, I'm like, there's too many fucking things going, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know? So, but I suppose yeah. that's probably why he's a pro and fucking does it. And also, if you're on a different bike that you've never ridden before, that's even, the, that's the, that you already got back behind, you know? Yeah. I guess. But it gave me a greater appreciation of what those deck are. Or the rally riders, what they do, like they are crazy. They are the best of the best. There's yeah. no doubt about it. That's yeah. insane. What they do. Yeah, yeah. Just, um, just keeping it, keeping the weight off the front wheel for that long. Yeah. And, but also keeping yeah. your balance in the right position. But even that wheel where they fucking navigate off. Yeah. That that alone would break my head. <laughs> you know, the thing that broke my head, like yeah. working out what each of the tulips, the, the marks, yeah, mean. And, like shit, where do I turn now? And I got lost on one of the tracks. I was like, well, I'm truly lost. Like I had Google Maps out going, where the fuck am I? Yeah. And they were already at the survey, everyone else waiting for me. I'm like, I've got no idea where I am, no phone coverage. And I was like, Jesus, what do I do? Quiz pause for two tips. Yeah, I've just got to change one of those batteries. Sorry, we're nearly done. Was that battery just died. Yeah, that's awesome, man. That's good stuff. And what, he teaches a course in it? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's well worth doing. Really? Yeah. Because what, when you don't have the markers, you're like, oh, this is a breeze? Like, yeah, like it. I I had my tracker on following the tracks, and when yeah. I got home and looked on a map, I was like, fuck, this is piss easy. How did I get lost on this? Yeah. But it, I came to an intersection, and there was a, a marker that had something before it that I had to keep an eye on, and that would give an indication of where to go. And uh-huh. I missed it. And I just got to the intersection and went, oh, okay, it's this one here. Yeah. And took the wrong turn. Ah. Uh-huh. And ended up going down this fucking track. And then it was a stinking hot day as well, you know. It was, <laughs> I know I was knackered. And, and then at the end of the day, they said to me, um, do you want to get onto this other bit? Like there was, I think, four or five of us doing it. Do you want to do this off, off-piste? Um, yeah, route, which means yeah. off track. So yeah. we were literally just riding through the bush and you had to look for landmarks. Oh. And I got lost straight away. It's like, oh, please yeah. take it back two ticks. So we're, we stopped at the service station. Yeah. And then. Oh, no, the that, Yeah, yeah, no, that was it. Yeah. That was the wheel. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, that's fine. 
Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, 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 we'll just do a wrap-up question. Yeah, you got that, man? Yeah, yeah, that's all yeah. Yeah, so, man, let's just talk quickly, real quickly, because we've got heaps of Australian listeners, and they all want some good tracks. Yeah. I want to know two things. What's your favourite track around the Victoria, you know, area, would you say? Or a decent track here in Melbourne that we can go ride, (coughs) you, you really like? Um... Just for a bit of fun, I actually don't mind going out to the Brisbane Ranges. Yeah, right, okay. Which is going only 45 minutes away from the western suburbs. It's, yeah. It's not that far. It's all easy stuff, but there's some good walking tracks that you can actually go on if you're yeah, prepared to run the risk a bit. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, some good fun through there. It's a state park, so you've got to be careful because there are ranges out all the time. Is that near Labertouche? No, it's no. Near, near Anarchy. Oh, okay. Yeah, so right. not far from Geelong. It's oh, okay, yeah, gotcha. Sort of the back end of Backus Marsh, that area. Yep, yep. Um, you've got Wombat on one side and then Brisbane Rangers on the other side of Backus Marsh. Yep, perfect, so perfect. Get to the Otways. Yep. There's some bloody awesome riding down there. Yeah, beautiful. Like you can spend a lifetime down there finding more and more stuff. Yeah. Um, My partner and I got stuck there on a, you know, a BMW Golf and uh, <laughs> I was hitting the, hitting the corners like a motorbike and she... Uh, <laughs> She made me get out of the car and she drove then. <laughs> My friend's like, oh, it was so fun. This you know? little website, it's called Oz Trails or something like that the other week, and the guys have got like little pin drops all around Victoria. And I've just started doing one at one a weekend, I'm doing another one tomorrow, but they've got like just GoPro tens on or whatever. Yeah. And they're like, oh, this is a track we found here, and it doesn't have any GPS coordinates, but it's like around here, and they just go off, and you're like, all right, so I'm just trying to go through and just find something fucking different. I was in yeah. Pow, Powtown. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then I found a little fire trail that went up the side of a mountain. It wasn't anything too crazy, but yeah. I was by myself and I had a fucking great time. Yeah. So it was about 45 minutes on the dirt. Yeah. But something, if you're only an hour out of the city, you're laughing, yeah. you can find anything, so. Yeah. I, I sort of had the attitude that if you go somewhere and you see a track, just take it. Yeah, yeah right. It'll take you somewhere good. Yeah, I figured out a good way when I was navigating the way back was yeah if if I saw a track going in the direction and then you see how much it adds on you know yeah. if it adds two hours on you're like oh maybe but yeah. if it adds ten minutes half an hour yeah well outside of orange that was amazing yeah. I just kept going on these dirt roads but add you know probably half an hour 45 on yeah and it was awesome yeah, yeah it's like this is way better than just sitting on the highway yeah. you know and I had a ball yeah um, but also the last question I want to ask me because you were riding along the, the desert there is desert riding any good? Because it just seems awful to me. No, like it's it's, it's really good. Oh, I love being out in the desert. Like yeah, yeah. The openness, the solitude. Like you could do some of those. The main tracks, the easy ones. You do those and not see anyone for days. Yeah, really. Yeah. And is it just all straight? Do you have any corners? <laughs> <laughs> There's some corners that don't come up all that often. <laughs> but they're a great way to see them. Yeah, yeah. Place. And they change every time you're on them as well. Like, really? Yeah, there's, you know, sometimes they're well graded, the next time might be just all chopped up and shitty and yeah. a real challenge to get through. Yeah. If it starts raining, that adds another challenge to it. Yeah, yeah we're, we're pretty good at finding rain. So if, even if, <laughs> yeah. if, the, if you live in an area that the desert hasn't seen rain in about seven years, we'll, we'll, we'll book a trip there and you'll be flooded <laughs> the next day. Yeah. We all, rain follows us, I swear to God. <laughs> Oh, great, mate. All right. Well, thank you so thank much you for so talking much. to us. And so yeah, people, cool. can, if they want to subscribe to your magazine, they has gone to traverse.com.au. Is that uh, right? Traverse-magazine.com. Yeah, and they yeah. can find you on um, Instagram. What's your handle there? Uh, traverse Mag. 
Facebook's Traverse Mag and Twitter, but no one uses Twitter anymore. Yeah, no one uses Twitter anymore. <laughs> but yeah. guys, if, you, if you're into this, get on towards subscribe, uh, give them a like as well, go check out the magazine. Um, there's some fucking great content in there. If you're have, if you're not dyslexic like me, you'll bloody enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. good pictures as well. There's great pictures, so you can't <laughs> go wrong. But Lee, thank you very much for joining us on Flastic. Uh, we really appreciate your time. Thanks, thank mate. You. Thanks, um, guys. Also, before we go, we oh. do have to say that uh, we've got our Brewdood shows oh, yes. in, in uh, Perth and Adelaide, so yes. make sure you get around those. Uh, if you love a beer, come along. Come you to can the come to the show. Melbourne show, Lee. We'll get, you will get you like a beer. You're drinking a San Miguel. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, we had a motorbike on stage last year, so you'll love it. Yeah. Also, we've got our comedy solo show. Uh, Nick's got your show called uh, Hold Me Close to Tiny Cancer. And I've got Dog Axe coming to Brisbane, Sydney, Perth, Melbourne, fucking wherever. So, yeah, yeah find tickets, links in bio. Uh, until next time, keep it flat. Shtick. Eh, eh, eh. Oh, this is filmed at the Belfry. <laughs> 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 <laughs>